Did you know that by becoming a Four Finger Discount patron, you get access to hours of exclusive podcasts for as little as $1 per month? This includes not only early access to all of our shows, including this one, Talking Seinfeld, Tales of Futurama, Take It Like a Mandalorian, and more, but you also get access to our exclusive Four Finger Discount Facebook group, monthly prize draws, regular Zoom calls with Guy and myself, as well as access to our new Four Finger Discount Revisited Classics, where each month we handpick some of our favourite episodes from the first 10 seasons, including last month's Bart vs. Australia, and with Valentine's Day just around the corner, we'll be revisiting I Love Lisa. So why not join the Four Finger Discount family today by going to patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Hello, Marge. <gasps> oh, my. Come, Marge. You don't need to cover up for me. I'm merely a pile of circuits and microchips. <laughs> Sorry, sometimes I forget. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Oh, Pierce, the water's perfect. Isn't it just? It gets better. Oh, you don't have to do an... <gasps> oh, oh, Pierce, that's good. Oh, 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 dear me. Oh, yes. Yum, yum, yum. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four-Finger Discount. We have returned for Season 13 of The Simpsons. It's been a long road. I'm very excited to get into season 13. A lot of these episodes I haven't rewatched in a long, long time. Today we're here to review episode CAB F19. It's a good one. It's Treehouse of Horror 12. I am Dando. And I am Guy. Um, I hope you're suitably scared after that uh, spooky sound effect. <laughs> um, yes, indeed, we are back. Season 13. Unlucky for some, but very lucky for you lucky people, because we're going to be talking about, I don't know, I imagine there's going to be some good episodes in there, maybe some bad episodes, a few middling episodes. But I think we're off to a, a pretty decent start with Treehouse of Horror 12. Yeah, I was completely caught off guard of how much I enjoyed this. I remember really not liking... Particularly the Harry Potter segment. I think I've just never been a huge fan of Harry Potter. Not that I dislike it. I've just never really gotten into it. And I had no idea after doing this review, I didn't realize that this actually aired before the Harry Potter, the first film came out. So, I mean, there was a lot of buzz going around with Harry Potter with the books and whatnot, but the film hadn't even come out yet. So, they were a bit sort of worried that people might not get it. Because a few people from work were telling me, and I've read a couple of reviews where people are saying, do they really need to have Harry Potter in, in the um, in the episode? Like, it's just seemed a bit in your face. But I guess they were kind of worried that if we didn't do that, then people might not get what we were going for. Look, I remember at this stage of the proceedings, what is this, 2001? You're right, the Harry Potter movie, uh, the first one, Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone, depending on what part of the world you're from, um, hadn't, uh, hadn't come out yet, but the buzz was already sort of building about it because the books were already a real phenomenon. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, my ex-wife, Liv, was, a, was um, I won't say a huge fan. I don't think she was a, like a, a Potter super fan or anything like that. But she'd heard about him, picked him up, and so, and she was like really taken with them, and uh, was sort of foisting them onto everyone. I started reading them as well because I was I was a bit interested, and it's like, yeah, look, this isn't exactly my speed, but um, I was able to sort of discern good storytelling and in you know uh, characters that you could relate to and and feel for, and uh, yeah, look, it's no wonder that it took off as uh, as much as it did. So yeah, I think 
Potter mania had kind of grabbed the world by that stage, but yeah, it really sort of took off once the um, once the movies came out four months after this episode. But yeah, it was it was on a lot of people's lips at that stage, so it's no wonder that. Uh, you know that Simpsons, uh, Simpsons Incorporated wanted a piece of that sweet, sweet Hogwarts action. The only reason it surprised me is because usually the Simpsons, because it takes nine months to make an episode, usually they're a little bit behind when it comes to doing something that's relevant at the time. They can do couch gags and things at the last minute, but an entire episode or an entire segment like this are usually sort of like a year later than when they actually are. Like, for example, the Stranger Things takeoff was us- was like two years after Stranger Things came out originally. So uh, it sort of right. felt, yeah. didn't feel dated, but it just felt a bit, oh, yeah, that's right, Stranger Things was a thing a year ago. But I mean, like shows like South Park, they can get things that are actually current in the news. But I was just surprised to hear that The Simpsons took off something that was not... I wouldn't say Harry Potter wasn't a thing yet, but when- once the films came out, that's when it became a real... Household thing, like for example, my mum would have had no idea what Harry Potter was until the movies came out. If that makes any okay. sense, yeah, yeah. I do recall though that there was, um, you know, all the um, uh, sort of preamble and, and build up to the films. Because I mean, there was like this worldwide talent search for who's going to play Harry Potter and who's going to play Hermione and okay, and, uh, yeah, Ron and all so that kind was, of business. I was a little bit, too, I was a little bit too young for it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. but um, I remember, yeah, that there was certainly a lot of. Um, a lot of anticipation for the films, and yeah, I'm guessing that uh, yeah, <laughs> it was very savvy, but also yeah, kind of lucky of these guys to to catch that wave. Honestly, I think they did. Now that I understand the Harry Potter franchise a lot more, I really enjoyed that segment. I mean, it wasn't the best trios of horror segment, but I think they did a good job of sort of giving each character their own Harry Potter esque vibe. Mm, particularly, yeah. particularly Monty Mort, I like that, and Sli- and Slithers. <laughs> that was that was good. Yeah, but I mean. Um, it's funny as well. I mean, I think uh, Potterheads are kind of, you know, I've, clearly they've read the books and they're, you know, a fan of all that kind of business. But I think their vision of Hogwarts and and the characters and and the circumstances like that may be dictated by the films. And of course, this one, this episode came out before that. It's got its own vision of Hogwarts. It's not completely different from the one presented in the movies, but it's also. Yeah, you know, the work of guys who have read the books and thought, okay, well, what's it going to look like? What's this classroom going to look like? What are these characters going to look like? So, yeah, that, that's that was kind of that's kind of interesting to look at uh, in hindsight. I think another thing I really enjoyed about this, and it was what I loved the most about this episode, was how understated, how great the guest appearance from Pierce Brosnan is. You never, ever, ever see his name appear on best celebrity guests of The Simpsons ever on any of the lists. He, I thought he was great in this. It was just so funny. He just literally every line, and we had a couple of patrons, particularly Jordan, Mom, and Richie, saying that he feels like Pierce wasn't really put much effort in, and that's what added to it. But I think Pierce really sunk his teeth into this role, and just it, it, I, I felt like watching this that he was really enjoying himself. I reckon that as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's a lack of effort at all. I think it's just really sort of cool, laid back understatement by Pierce Brosnan, which is, you know, something he does better than just about anybody. I mean, over the course of his career, and Pierce Brosnan's been around for, I don't know, what, 30 years? Longer? Probably was 40? He, when he, well, he took off properly with James Bond in the early 90s, but he was around during the 80s, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, Marge name-checks Remington Steel, which is a, yes, you know, of very, course, yeah. a yeah. very fun TV show. And, and anyone who looked at that, you know, you'd go... Oh well, okay. Well, why don't we just make him James Bond right now? And of course, there was this. It was almost like a foregone conclusion that he was going to be the next Bond once Roger Moore hung it up. 
And then he couldn't get out of his he could get out of his Remington Steel contract, so they gave they gave it to Timothy Dalton instead for two movies. Is that why Timothy got it? Okay. Yeah, I mean it's not the only reason. I mean I'm 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 a big fan of Timothy Dalton's Bond, and I reckon a lot of people other people are as well. Uh, I, feel, I, I just feel like he's very forgotten though as a Bond. There is a small but vocal uh, Dalton fandom <laughs> who really dig his movies, and honestly. Living Daylights and License to Kill, the two Dalton Bonds, they're just a really good bridge between yeah, the, the more stuff and um, and I guess, you know, and, well, it's a, it's a literal bridge between uh, Roger Moore and, and, the, and the Brosnan Bonds. But uh, I don't know. I mean, they, they're like old school 80s action movies, like old school 80s spectacle. It's re- they're re- I reckon they're really great fun. I, re- I enjoy them a lot. And I think Dalton does a really good job. I mean, honestly, I think he, I mean, I've said this before, I think Piers Brosnan is a good Bond in bad Bond movies. And I think Dalton is a good Bond in good Bond movies. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, when he, when he first arrived on the scene, everyone was like, well, oh God, yeah. I mean, get this guy in a tuck, put a gun in his hand, you know, Make him a martini, shaken, not stirred. But uh, yeah, it took a while for him to um, get out of his contract, and yeah, then eventually sort of sign on the dotted line. And when Goldeneye came out, I mean, you, you'll remember seeing Goldeneye. I just thought, oh my god, this guy's the this guy's the bomb. He's fantastic. Mate, Goldeneye, the Nintendo sixty four game, changed the childhoods of many kids <laughs> of the nineties. <laughs> Absolutely, it did. But no, he's and and ever since then, when once he got out of Bond, um, I think he's shown like a real not. Not a great deal of range as such, but I mean, a real willingness and enthusiasm to sort of work against his very suave image and also to do just about anything. I mean... Um, Mate, Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. You know, he can play sort of the... Um, he can play the sap or the Baxter, you know, the guy who, you know, has the girl but really shouldn't have the girl. But I'm wondering, who the hell is going to choose Robert Williams over Piers Brosnan? Come on! <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't make any damn sense. Um, yeah, but he, but he also, the guy can't sing worth a lick. But Jesus, you put him in, you put him in Mamma Mia, and he really gives it the old college try. It's, um, he's really going for it. It's, it's a little disconcerting to hear on occasion, but uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge, huge Piers Brosnan fan. I mean, I mean, that guy just seems like he's living his best life. Oh, hundred percent. And he just seemed like I said he was having a lot of fun and. It just made that that segment. I mean, by far, from my, in my opinion, that was the best segment of the episode. But I laughed so much at lines that probably weren't meant to be funny. It was just purely his delivery. Oh was, yeah, uh, he was just he was a standout. I just thought he was fantastic. Yep, good stuff from uh, good stuff from our man Pierce Brosnan. Do you know he was originally, or that 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 role was originally supposed to be Sean Connery? They wrote it for Sean Connery and couldn't get it. I I did hear about that, and I also heard that they offered it to country singer and one-time Julia Roberts' husband, Lyle Lovett. Yeah, and I think they said, uh, his management said it, that it wouldn't be a good idea for him to be a house or something. Something those along those lines, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's one of the things he looks back on now and going, yeah, I probably would have preferred to have been part of The Simpsons, but anyway. <laughs> and, then Gary, and, and Gary Oldman, I mean, Gary Oldman could have made it work because he can make everything work. That is true, but... Um, I, I think Piers Brosnan was really ideal casting for this. Just uh, he is the kind of voice that you would want your home to uh, to have. I mean, yes, if um, yes. if you, I mean, this of course predates Siri and Hey Google and all that kind of stuff. But uh, if you wanted to have your house talk to you, I'd have it in the dulcet tones of Piers Brosnan. 
I mean, and this was a takeoff of, and it's not just uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. What's the other film that's taken off? It's, um, it's, it's a movie Demon called Seed. De- Demon Seed, yeah, which is a, a pretty cool movie, a pretty cool uh, 70s sci-fi movie, which is, yeah, the, the plot is basically this, that um, this scientist has invented this supercomputer, this artificial intelligent computer, uh, installed it in his house, and it basically runs the house. His wife is home all day, and the computer basically gets a crush on her. <laughs> And um, then decide, and it gets so smart that it's like, hey, you know what would be really good? Um, if I had a baby. So, you know, it basically... <laughs> it's, it's pretty gross in that 70s science fiction way, but it basically impregnates the wife. Um, so um, how does that happen? You'll just have to rent Demon Seed and find out. But um, I, I, I think that no horror film freaked me out more than a film called Basket Case. Have you ever seen that? Oh yeah, man! Basket case. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Christmas! Yeah, with both. Yeah, with uh, with Dwayne and Belial, the uh, the formerly conjoined twin brothers. Yeah, yeah, some, some seriously yeah. whack shit there. But um, but yeah. So I thought that uh, the was it House of Wax was um, yeah, just one of one of my favorite trios of horror segments in quite some time. Also, we also get Hex and the City. <gasps> hey, my favorite. But Mr. Davis, what was your favorite moment from Trios of Horror Twelve? Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> I liked that they, they, this is a bit obscure, but they took a swing at um, a former Saturday Night Live cast member named Dennis Miller. Uh, mm-hmm. He was uh, very big in the uh, early to mid-90s, I believe. He was the host of the Weekend Update uh, segment. And Dennis had a very kind of smarmy way of talking. I'm, I'm putting too much New York on that, so my apologies, but... Uh, he had a very sort of distinctive way, distinctive way with a line delivery, and he was very sort of smarmy and sarcastic. Um, and for a while there, he was really, really funny. And you know, he was a good-looking dude. He had, but he had an unfortunate sort of '90s mullet thing going on. And they tried to put him in a few movies, and you know, it didn't really take off. And then after September 11, he went major right wing all of a sudden. He got he got incredibly conservative and um, sort of became you know a, a right wing poster boy and. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the com- uh, comedy community is kind of like, yeah, what happened to Dennis? So, um, <laughs> yeah, I I, I kind of like that they it, it's Dan Castellano. Oh God, I, I mispronounced Dan's surname. I'm sure, but uh, Castellano is correct. I, be, I oh, believe. <laughs> oh, hey, I did all right. Um, it's actually Dan doing the impression of Dennis Miller in this, uh, and I think they gave him a special credit at the end just to say that's not actually Dennis Miller, by the way. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's because they got Matthew Perry to do that one line, which I thought was great. <laughs> I'd love to know the backstory behind that whether he knew it was just going to be one line or I, I can't seem to find anything online about the, the story of Matthew Perry's one line on The Simpsons but I just appreciate the fact that he was willing to just come on and just do one line like that because it just it, it it's sort like, of summed up it was like it was like a tongue-in-cheek jab at himself but I don't know it, it, I, I just appreciate it it was just it was a really really funny moment in the entire overall segment it was a good. It was a good mensch move by uh, by our man Matthew there. Just yeah, chime in for one line with your distinctive Matthew Perry Chandler esque uh, catchphrase. Good on him. Can I be any more of a house? <laughs> <laughs> what was your favourite moment, Mister Dando? I enjoyed two moments. So they both came from uh, House of Wax. So I love when Homer says, you know, putting uh, or investing in like a robot to do everything in our lives is the best decision we ever made. And then he agrees with himself. Did you hear that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that he agrees with his own statement. But what I loved the most was 
Now remove your dickers and wait in the bath. <laughs> I just got here, like Pierce Brosnan can make the seediest thing sound funny. Oh, like, remo- remove your knickers and wait in the bath. Got a, I nearly spat my water out when he said that. I thought it was fucking so funny. <laughs> Constable Wiggums. <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. Trivia for this week. Okay, Mr. Davis, do you mind if I kick off for season 13? Jump right in. Alrighty. Jesus is the equivalent of how many leprechauns? Well, okay, we're down to four questions each because that's one I was going to ask. Jesus is, <laughs> okay. Jesus is worth six leprechauns. That is correct. All right, so that's your first question <laughs> out of the way. What's your second question? Okay, then. Uh, Homer's tarot card is what? Flaming jerk? That is correct. <laughs> and what's the other one? Ruined gypsy or something? I believe so, yeah. Yes. Uh, and my next question is, what, according to the Ultra House 3000, is Homer's favourite meal? Oh. What does he dish him up? My silence is speaking volumes because I don't know. V- various eggs. <laughs> oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> also in House of Wax, at the very end, uh, who parked in Patty's spot at the DMV? Ah, oh, fuck. Is it not Sheila? It was Sheila. It was Sheila. I don't know. It's just in the back of the tip of my tongue. I just went with it. And my next question is, in what year did Paddy first get, or Salma, first get that parking space? Oh. Do they, do they say an actual year or how long ago yeah. it was? Think, uh, think, okay, I'll, I'll give you a hint. All right. So you should get it with this. It's a pretty good hint. A year before E.T. was released. Well, that would be 1981. Well done, sir. <laughs> okay then. Uh, Lisa's spellcasting ability is at what level? Eighth grade. Eighth grade. And my final question is: Homer has to appear in court when for stealing the little kid's balloon. Oh God, I've missed so many things this episode. I must have been l- laughing too hard that I missed a few. <laughs> uh, tell me. I believe it's next Tuesday. So he, they're in the gypsies' oh, room. Oh, yes, that's how right. Homer walks in with the birthday boy balloon. Yes, That's right, the perfect crime. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing <laughs> yeah. See, I was laughing at that bit, yeah. <laughs> um, I have one more question for you. Uh, hit me. What, what was Lisa's wand replaced with? Twizzler. A Twizzler. A Twizzler. I don't think I've ever had a Twizzler. Is, is, is Twizzler just those long red s- sticks? Is that a Twizzler? Yeah, it just looks like, uh, you know... Raspberry or strawberry flavored licorice to me. It's just, it's just, yeah, sugar in the form of licorice. Oh yeah, give me some. Delicious. <laughs> Alrighty, well that is trivia for Trias of Horror Twelve. Almost said thirteen, but Trias of Horror Twelve. We'll be right back with our full review of Trias of Horror Twelve after this short break. This week's Four Finger Discount is brought to you by our incredible $20 patrons, Jordan Molman Ritchie, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zer, Christopher Darby, Chris Malion, Will Manthorpe, Ben Smith, Noah Daniel, Matt Thompson, Mark Boston Burgess, Alex Rodriguez, Tom Pickering, Kane Von Nagy, Josh Hedge, Sean Devey, Keith Nedham, Sam Bennett, Timothy Burleson, Brandon Twitchell, Nick James Bitch, Cal McDonald, Shannon Hofer, Nicole Catalina Wine Mixer, George McMenemy, Zach Pruitt, Jonathan Rossi, Adam Sanderson, and our newbies, Stephen Roberts, Seth Weens, and Daniel Kotnick. Thank you so much, guys, for your support. Also, shout-outs to our new $5 plus patrons, Gareth Carter, Anthony Pinch, Radio Mike, George Wilding, Rod B, 
Christopher Clark, Eric Lutringer, Zach the Ripper, Gary Ross, India Irvin, Giles Richard, Jade Fairley, and Beth Anzo. You guys are all champions. Don't forget, if you want to be a part of the Four Finger Discount Patreon family, you can join now for as little as $1 per month at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. But for now, sit back and enjoy our review of Trios of Horror 12. The original air date for Trios of Horror 12 was November 6th, 2001. I've read that it had to air a week after Halloween due to Fox's commitments to the baseball, I want to say. Yeah, that sounds about um, right. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, here we go. Due to Major League Baseball's World Series, they had to air it a week after Halloween because normally they're trying to air it as close to Halloween as possible. I always mm. loved it when the Halloween episodes would air on Halloween. I feel like when you're in America and back in the day when The Simpsons was a thing and you're still a kid, watching the new Halloween special on Halloween would have would have felt pretty cool. <laughs> it's like um, when you were a kid and, ha- and Christmas fell on a Sunday. Were you oh, ever yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just made that extra little bit more special for some reason. It, it did, 100%. So... This one kicks off with a little like a little skit. So no no cash or anything. It's basically uh, Mr. Burns and Smithers. They're putting they're hanging like a bat up on top of the roof, and Smithers ends up going down the the, the power line, getting electrocuted. The family rock up to do some trick or treating, and they get scared away, and they all get split up into a, dozens of pieces through the fence. Just a little just a little fun bit here. Nothing nothing too crazy, but yeah, I always liked it when they decided the Trials of Horror episodes of a little a little scene like this mm. gets you into the mood. I did. And it, I like them running through the fence and getting sort of turned into uh, slivers on themselves. That's all. It's both amusing and just disturbing for my luck. I did like the fact that they didn't have all the insides all red and bloody because that would have been fucking gross. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so, Hex in the City. Good name, by the way. I, I did appreciate this, Hex in the City. That's not bad. It's yeah. a good title. Good title. The family are in Ethnic Town. Uh, <laughs> where we can hear the beautiful ethnic serenade. <laughs> I love the, who wants a baby? You know your babies. <laughs> <laughs> Very broad stereotypes, but done somewhat affectionately, I think. Yeah, it's not sort of, it is, it is poking fun, but it's done in a cheeky way, just a bit of fun. So they go, they find the, the gypsy's place and they go down. I don't, the only thing about this segment is, so Homer ends up ruining the place, but I feel like he didn't really do enough to justify her cursing him. Because we we, we see later on that she just dries the heads and they shrink again. I I think gypsies are are fairly hot-tempered types. I think you met one. (laughs) Quick quick to take offence. No, but I have read the Stephen King novel Thinner, um, where um, a fat gentleman is placed under a gypsy's curse that uh, causes him to lose weight and, you know, just keep losing weight until he's positively skeletal. It sounded like fun to begin with. I mean, you know, lose weight without... Is that what about? Is there a film about Thinner? Yeah, yeah. There's a, it was a book and then it became a movie. Not a very so I remember, good movie. I, I do remember seeing the cover a lot when I was a kid and I just never I never bothered to watch it. It's one of those films where the cover just made the film look so intriguing. I, I love that about old school. I think we've discussed it before, but I just loved like 80s, early 90s horror film covers. They really, as a mm. child, just captured your imagination. Oh, yeah. Well, they've sort of um, they got to get you in the door. That's, it's, like a, it's like a carny. At the uh, at, at the front door of the tent, said, "Come on in, check it out." So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, oh, those were great. Those old VHS and DVD covers, marvelous. Homer doesn't buy into the whole gypsy thing. Normally, it's Homer that gets that buys into this kind of shit, and the family try and talk him out of it. But no, he tries to pull a wart, and man, how much that would really hurt. So, I'm pulling a wart. Oh God, yeah. Well, uh, luckily the wart gets its revenge by taking up residence on Homer's hand. That, yeah. That's probably that's probably the thing that grossed me out the most in this episode. I think. 
Do you want to hear a gross story? Okay, so. Oh, oh, do I, I? I, when I was a kid, for, I have no idea why, never understood why, used to get warts on my ankle. Like, seriously, like, just warts. Not big Ooh. ones, just like little warts. Yeah. And no shit, right? If I touched the wart, it would make a little wart grow in your hand. <laughs> it was fucking bizarre, man. And I had to get, like, liquid nitrogen, like, froze them off so they never grew back. But mm. it was like, it was a strange year in my life where these warts started growing on my feet and I had to like try and avoid touching them. Otherwise, I'd have, I remember having like a couple of warts on my knuckles. It was bizarre. Oh, God, man. Oh, we, yeah. I bet you were the, the talk of the playground when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, uh, so, I, I, I had one on my knee when I was a yeah. teenager and, you know, I thought, oh, God, this is uh, just disfiguring the glory that is teenage guy. So I've got to get rid of it. Uh, but, I don't know, for some reason, didn't want to go to the doctor. I was just ashamed. So um, I, I remember I was doing all, all manner of, talking about gross. You didn't cut it of off like, with scissors, did you? No, no. Um, I was sort of poking at it with needles. And like, I remember one I time. Remember I, do, I remember doing that actually, yeah. Yeah, I pushed a needle all the way through it. Um, and, and then it was ripped trying, it? And then tried to, and then was sort of ripping it and pulling at it and all that kind of stuff. It's gone now, so I mean, it must have worked, but uh, it took a while. Yeah, what's a, what's a, you know, silent t- killer. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say they're, they're, they're the biological equivalent of squatters. They're hard to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, that is true. The only thing scarier than a what, of course, is beads. Ah! Beads. Wait a minute. This isn't Cedar Sinai. You've ruined me! Oh, why didn't I see this coming? Hey, there's me. And there's you. You stupid, stupid man. I curse you. You will bring bad luck to everyone you love. Whatever. So Marge is worried in bed. Homer thinks that she's coming on to him, but no. She wakes up next morning and she has a very noticeable beard. Which she actually wears quite well. She does, yeah. Until she's completely <laughs> covered in said beard. Well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Homer, he strangles Bart for calling Marge the, the bearded... No, no, no. What's he say? He, he says something to Marge and then Homer says, don't put, make fun of the bearded lady. Something yeah, like uh, well, you know, we can put her in a freak oh, show or something. Freak show, that's right. Yeah, he strangles him in his next... His neck gets all long and stringy, kind of like Stretch Armstrong. And then Lisa is now a half horse. What's it, What was the? Is it Minotaur? Half horse? Half man? Centaur. 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 And uh, I did appreciate the, see, two means yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're now at Moe's. Now, did you notice the real weird animation glitch here? When like, so basically they had the discussion about leprechauns. And then uh, it mentions how you know, he's cursed and whatnot. And then the helicopter falls through the roof. And like completely lands on top of Lenny and Carl. And then it like tips over. And all of a sudden, they're not under it anymore. They're like under the, the bar. But they were completely squashed by the helicopter. And then when it tips over, they just magically appear on screen. I'm going to take your word for this, Dando. But uh, as is often the case with things like this, I'm willing to uh, let it slide. because Oh, I don't care. I just thought it was, it, was just a weird, it was just a weird glitch. It was like they squashed them and went, oh, shit, wait a minute. We need them out. And they couldn't figure <laughs> a way, like, but it was too late. They already had the helicopter on the ground. It was just, I was just like, oh, that that looked odd. It just looked very jumpy. But it, I want, I, what I, I loved, what I loved the most about this, besides the discussion about leprechauns and how you know they're much easier to catch than Jesus. But I loved when he's talking to Mo. He's like, 
when did that happen? <laughs> when Mo just appears <laughs> in a jar. <laughs> but yes, I always appreciate a good uh, Lenny and Carl moment. And plus, we get a bit of bromance here too, where Lenny can't bear to see Carl die first, can he? Oh, no. It's 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 a kind of a touching moment, but um, yeah, uh, Lenny and Carl forever. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you rather be friends with, Lenny or Carl? Hmm. I think my natural beta male tendencies uh, would probably align me with um, with Carl. I'd be happy to sort of tag along. He seems like a cool dude. He does seem like a very, very cool guy. You're Le- right. Lenny, Lenny seems needy. Lenny seems like he's work. He's, he, yeah. I'd have to sort of uh, find ways to keep Lenny entertained and also to sort of keep him, uh, keep him engaged. Lenny's the cable guy. Yes. <laughs> Whereas Carl would be like, I'm going off to do my thing. I'll see you a bit later and be like, okay, we... We will see each other later, all right? You go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I, when I see you. And I'll be like, he'd keep you on the line. Yeah, I'd be happy to be, I'd be happy to be Carl's, um, not wingman, but uh, yeah, he's sort of second banana. So then what happens, Mr. Davis? They decide they're going to go try and catch a leprechaun, don't they? Th- that is correct. I did really like the, the tricks gag where the, the, the rabbits will jump in. Oh, damn it. He's got the tricks. Have you ever, have you ever eaten tricks? I don't think I've tried tricks or Lucky Charms. Nah, well, I don't think... That, are they even available here besides in, a, in like an American store? I don't think they are. Tricks maybe was once, but I don't think Lucky Charms ever has been. I think Lucky Charms is basically Fruit Loops without the loop. Cereal, cereal. It's just, it's just all sugar. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty sure Lucky Charms are like fruit-flavoured like pebbles. That's another thing I always wanted to try as a kid because I loved the Flintstones was fruity pebbles. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I can. Which, are pretty, which I'm pretty sure are just the Fruit Loops. And occasionally, it's, it's, it's basically, she's wearing a new hat because, I mean, they'll have like, it'll be the same cereal, but it's like, now with marshmallows or something along those lines. And they'll just give it a new name. I mean, I always wanted the sugary dessert, uh, breakfast cereals until... Uh, like every year, once a year, the Weet Bix uh, would have the cricket cards, and then I would <laughs> eat, then I would eat Weet Bix specifically for the cricket cards. But that's it. <laughs> I went through a real Nutrigrain phase when I was a yeah, teenager. Yeah, I, I still have. Oh, Elliot has Nutrigrain now. It's his favourite. Loves Nutrigrain. Mm, it's delightfully malty, but also mm. you know you you can able you're able to sort of con yourself into you're doing something good for yourself as well. Yeah, you know, you, do, do your best, uh, Nutrigrain man. Scream. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Fuck, that was pretty good. Oh, was it all right? <laughs> did you do that right into the microphone though? Like, did that just burst everyone's eardrums? No, no. I like to think I kept some distance. I, okay, I didn't good wanna... because, because everyone's obviously deaf now. If you didn't, because <laughs> 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 it just came through really loud on my end. I was like, if that's oh, into so... a microphone, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was that was actually pretty good. I'm not even going to try and attempt it because it'll just pale in comparison to yours. That I feel really good about myself now. Thanks, man. I'll play the real one right now so listeners can understand the, the, the good comparison. There you have it. See? Guy Davis could be the Nutrigrain Iron Man for sure. Uh, I think I'm more like the Zinc Man. So they capture the Leprechaun eventually after going through all the different creatures, Katie Corrick and whatnot. <laughs> um, and they take it back and it's just being a, a nuisance at breakfast time. The Leprechaun has done nothing. Uh, everyone's still cursed. Lisa suggests you take it to the gypsy. Did you hear Mr. Uh, Homer here? Good idea, Mr. Red. (laughs) (laughs) Bart here, in a pretty somber moment, just decides to kill himself because he doesn't want to live like this anymore. And then Homer goes to take the leprechaun to the gypsy, but they end up falling in love. They get married. I always secrete ocular fluid at weddings. Why did you drag me here? 
I don't know anybody. Oh, husband and wife, I pronounce you now. Hmm? Oh, stroke me, Clover. Oh, same name. I completely forgot about this Yoda appearance in The Simpsons. It's just straight up Yoda. It is. It's very much Yoda. Yeah. I don't know. Is this the, before the time that Lucasfilm and uh, all involved were kind of like, eh, you know, play fast and loose with our characters. We don't care. Go wild with our IP. I know they've had C-3PO and R2-D2 on the episode because they had the Mark Hamill episode in season 10. Was it season, did, did you do the Mark Hamill one or was that with Mitch? I believe it was with um, that other person. No, Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was season you've been, 10. You've, season. Been, you've been singing behind my back, haven't you? Haven't you? <laughs> Gallivanting. How about you? Now, what did you think of the leprechaun? A lot of people say they really enjoyed it. They thought it was funny. I thought Dan was actually pretty good, but some of the lines are pretty dirty, like, stroke me, Clover. Oh, yeah. Say me name. Yes. Say me name, yeah. I feel, I feel like a lot of it would have been improv, but yeah, stroke me, Clover just got me. I was like, that's pretty good. <laughs> I think um, I think you get just enough of the leprechaun. I think, uh, you know, a little bit more of that would have... Uh, probably could have got on your last nerve. So, yeah, I think they used him just enough. Marge is happy just to not be the hairiest person in, in the in the room at the wedding. Um, <laughs> Homer says, everything's worked out. Nope, Bart is still dead. <laughs> Saying his name won't bring him back. The gypsy said it would. Homer <laughs> 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 still refuses. She's not the boss of me. <laughs> no, that's right. And I always liked when the Trials of Horror segments end with a good laugh, and that's what we got right here. Is so, it? we have our House of Wax, my favourite... Uh, segment of the entire episode uh, kicks off with the sales bot at door. I've got here. This is a, a gill bot. That's definitely one. Yeah, I've got Robo Gill written down here. So <laughs> <laughs> it was cool how he stuck his foot in the door and just expanded it. <laughs> it wouldn't let the door close. Uh, so he convinces Marge to install the Ultra House three thousand, and the robot's taken to piss. Did you see those drapes? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it adds a bit of personality They decide to add a bit of personality to the house It's a little bit plain They go through all the different names Hi Ultra House Greeting acknowledged That voice could use a little personality Oh let's try Matthew Perry Yeah could I be any more of a house Blech. Who else we got Hey Cha Cha I got more features Than a Nassau relief map of Turkmenistan isn't that the voice that caused all those suicides? Murder suicides. Hey, how about 007? George Lazenby? No, Pierce Brosnan. A voice like his would give our house a much needed touch of class. All right, but I'm doing this because he was Remington Steele. He was Remington Steele, wasn't he? Yes, I was, Marge. And thank you for selecting me. Well, hello, Pierce. <laughs> Say, it's a bit stuffy in here. And I know a certain someone who really fancies lilac. I just like it is all. Ooh, that really covers the cat crap. I just love Marge here second-guessing herself. He, he was Remington Steel, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I like that um, what they also gave um, Australia's own James Bond, George Lazenby, a shout-out. But again, just going back to the, uh, that Dennis Miller sledging, it's like... Is that the voice that causes those suicides? Murder suicides. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> poor old, poor old Dennis. Honestly, though, I mean, he he was in this movie in the mid '90s called Bordello of Blood. It was like a Tales from the Crypt big screen. Oh, movie. okay. It's a it's a real sort of who's who of the '90s because like um, Erica Leniak from Baywatch is in there. Corey Feldman, 
But I remember that's not, the, it's not just the Tales of Crypt film, is it? It is, yeah, because they they did one called Demon Knight. That's a really good movie, and then they'd made this one, which is Bordello of Blood. And I rewatched it not long ago, thinking, oh, this might be a bit of a interesting nostalgia. And it was just borderline unwatchable. And then and Miller was probably the worst part of it. Just really smarmy, babe. You know what I'm talking about? So it's like, oh god, no. So yeah, <laughs> I would avoid I would avoid that one if I were you and anyone else. Uh, so Pierce. Uh, he sends out some lilac because Bart just likes it as all, well, and it covers up the smell of all the cat crap. I'm going to invest in some lilac because, yeah, Basie's a right stinker right at the moment. It's now dinner time. He's cooked all their favourite meals, and can you remember how he discovered what their favourite meals are? I don't remember that either. He analysed their leavings. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh. Pierce just putting a beautiful debonair spin on all of these lines. Oh, 100%, yeah. Even the um, questioning, Marge, what kind of... Robot house would I be if I made you those beautiful hands touch dishwater? I don't know. No, serious question. A bad one? Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> the table then clears itself. It gets all clean and tidy. And this is where we get the great line from Homer. Trusting every aspect of life, our lives with a giant computer was the best idea we ever had. And, and he agreeing with himself. Just I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Marge is then taking a bath. And if you want to talk about raunchy, this is about as raunchy as The Simpsons can get. It's it's a bit racy. It's, uh... it's, 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 it's like, I mean... I know we're talking about a cartoon character, but this scene is sexy, right? <laughs> I think there have been there's been the odd sexy Marge moment in there. There have been one or two. I think it feels a bit sketchy for me to say, but Marge is a bit of a goer. <laughs> not, not not in the same regard as Mrs. K, though. Oh goodness, no, 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 oh, no, no. I mean, yeah, I think she's the front runner. I think she's the. Um, I, I think if you pull into Springfield and you sort of go to the men's room, it's like, for a good time, call Mrs. K. That's yeah. what you're going to do. So, yeah, so he, Pierce here convinces Marge that he's merely a pile of circuits and microchips. So she, she gets naked and he gets the water all perfect. The delivery from Pierce of the, oh, dear me, oh, yes, yum, 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 is one of the greatest <laughs> things in the history of The Simpsons. <laughs> like, it was fucking spot on. Don't you reckon? I thought it was so funny. The man is incredibly suave, incredibly oh, debonair. Mate, he makes the seediest thing sound normal. Oh yes, yum yum yum. <laughs> just, I just, I thought it was just fantastic. I just thought he was so great in this. So he's then massaging Homer's back fat, all the tension, tests his blood alcohol level, uh, keeps topping Homer up. This is where they discuss how remarkable Marge is. You know, Marge is quite a remarkable woman. Yeah, she's cool. You're certainly a lucky man to have her. <laughs> Lucky schmucky, I knocked her up, but she's stuck now. We're married till death do us part. But if I died, she'd be completely free for man or machine. (laughs) (laughs) Machine, eh? Yep, a machine. You can look at this two ways. Some people think this is too in your face, but I really dug Homer. Yes, a machine. (laughs) <laughs> the fact that he comes back and just reiterates yes you're correct a machine <laughs> it's now showtime and he's cooking up some oh and I always appreciate when we get a good Homer mm, we don't get him all that often, often anymore but mm, unexplained bacon is perfect oh yes unexplained absolutely. bacon so he lures Homer out into the kitchen um, and makes a trip over land onto the table so Homer here goes uh, trusty table or something along those lines. You just like to think that Homer's had those nights where he's come home drunk, stumbling around, and he's going to fall over and he's just landed on the kitchen table and the table saved him. 
No, he just has like, his, this love of the table. Oh, thank you once again, table, for saving me from falling. <laughs> can, can you imagine something more terrifying than, than coming home late at night, turning on your lights, and your furniture's been rearranged? I mean, I'm sure there are more terrifying things than that, but that would really put the zap on me. Oh, if you weren't expecting it and there was no one else in the house, for sure. Yeah, That'd yeah. Be terrifying. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I remember we did it once. I was seeing this girl named Alicia when I was like in year 10 or something. Mm-hmm. And she had a younger brother who was like Stacey's age, so like two or three years younger than us. And we rearranged his bedroom just for shits and giggles, just for a bit of fun. <laughs> and it like fucked him up. He was so sad. <laughs> <laughs> we felt like monsters. But, but like, <laughs> we thought it would be a bit of fun that he'd walk into his room and his room would be swapped around. And we like, he just, just like, it really upset him. I was like, oh, oh. God, it just stuck with me. I felt, I felt like an absolute monster that day. <laughs> Alicia's, Alicia's bro needs to nut up, man. Come on. He can, re- <laughs> he can, re- he, he can rearrange his furniture. Come on, kid. <laughs> Oh man! Anyway, I, ho- I hope it didn't fuck him up for life. But he was he was pretty he was pretty sad that day. It was pretty what sad, a- and, and it was kind of like this thing where I was, I'd only just sort of started dating Alicia. And only like it was the first time I met her parents and stuff. And then like, <laughs> so the first time I met her parents, I've like scared their son into oblivion. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, he was he probably looked up to you as well. He was probably like, well, I trusted I'm, you. I'm a- I've only got my big sister Alicia, but now Dando's on the scene. Well, I bet he's going to teach me how to be a man. Oh no! My- <laughs> oh no! <laughs> my what have, you, what have you done? My precious room. <laughs> so- so- sorry, Ali- sorry, Alicia's brother. Wherever you are, you probably you probably listen to this podcast. <laughs> You realise he's probably changed his name to D.L. Gorman. <laughs> and he's playing the long he's playing the long con to get revenge on all of us. Gonna send you bank gonna send you bankrupt by winning um winning the new names competition every year. <laughs> I'll get him, I'll steal all his shit. <laughs> I'll show him who's boss. I'll get him by being fucking creative. <laughs> That'll teach him. <laughs> uh, anyway, so anyway, getting back. Where were we? Getting back to the episode. Um, Marge is taking a bath. Homer's, oh, Homer's getting killed by the machine. Yeah, so the, ta- the yes. table you think has killed Homer. Blood splatting across the wall, the whole, the whole nine yards. Marge wakes mm-hmm. up. Pierce is sort of welcoming her. And Homer's missing. And he says that Homer's gone to work early, which does not sound like Homer at all. Mm-hmm. Turns and looks at the family photo and... and I that love the a- idea that it's pasted itself on Homer, like the, the trouble it's gone to, and it hasn't even done a very good job. <laughs> no, that felt like a very sort of last-minute touch, like, mm, they won't suspect a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but even the fact that it's like taking a selfie of itself. <laughs> <laughs> she calls Constable Wiggums. Hello, police. I think my house killed my husband. This is Constable Wiggums. We'll be right there. Remove your knickers and wait in the bath. They just got me. Remove your knickers and wait in the bath. <laughs> so uh, they walk out. They're, they're trying to escape. It's trying to shove a pill down Marge's throat, trying to drug her, which is uh, a bit creepy. <laughs> Just a that's, tad. That, yeah, that's probably more of a shout out to Demon Seed than uh, that's probably the most explicit shout out, I reckon. Um, Homer bursts through the floor. He isn't dead after all. He's just missing the back of his head. And I've always felt this very disturbing. This scene, the, the brain just pulsating at the back there. Just ugh. yeah, I could I could do without the throb. 
Yeah, the, the throb got me. It's the sound effect and everything. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> so Uncle Pierce then tries to kill Homer, but they realize that they need to go downstairs. How great is it the fact that the basement isn't like a new house? It's just the old shitty basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, so, ultra ha- the ultra house is very much a, um, a cosmetic kind of job. Yes. He attacks... What? Now, explain to me, what is a water softener, by the way? That's a really good question. I mean... Um I, I imagine like a filter, like a like a yeah. Brita. That's what I imagine, but it just seemed weird to say water softener. I've never heard that term yeah. before. I think I've heard the the term hard water before or heavy water. Hang on a sec. Let's see what we can see. What Google's got to say about the issue. Let's type in soft water, shall we? Water softener. I mean, I've heard of fabric softener. I can feel three kinds of softness. <laughs> soft water versus hard water. Fill me in, Google. What are hard water and soft water? Ask hydrosmart.com.au. Okay. Hard water is water that contains an appreciable quantity of dissolved minerals like calcium and magnesium. Soft water is treated water in which the only ion is sodium. As rainwater falls, it is naturally soft. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. So, um, yeah, it's taken out some of the... uh, some of the dissolved minerals, like calcium and magnesium, apparently. So it's just like a filter. Or so it's yeah, it's a filter or a distiller or something along those lines. Yeah. I remember when, back in the day, I mean, you could just have them in fridges and stuff now, but we, used to, my mum and dad got sucked into buying like this water filter thing that you connected to your kitchen tap, and it was this giant fucking contraption that used to like... Have, it's kind of like when the, the, they do that contraption on the toilet in Bart versus Australia to make it oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> go, go the correct American way. It was this big thing on the tap. And it was so slow. Like the, the, the tap was like the size of half of a five cent piece and you have to like wait for the water to come out. It was so slow. But mum's like, yeah. you, have to drink, you have to drink it out of that because that's the clean water. <laughs> I, I, I hate to grass you out, folks, but yeah, I've, I remember having something like I think we got something like for a tap around one of ours here. And honestly, God, it was like... Um, it was like a dick that had elephantitis of the knob, essentially. Oh, it was just so slow. <laughs> yeah, and just unwieldy and bulky. It's like, yeah, I think I'll just I'll I'll settle for the chemicals. Chemicals are fine. Yes, yes. It take twenty years off our life, but who cares? It's the twenty at the end. Who gives a shit? Exactly right. <laughs> so, so he destroys the water softener, and then realizes he just have to disable the central processor. And we get Pierce doing uh, his American accent. Him a, <laughs> yeah, he gives it the good old college try. Good on him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he sort of just disappears. You think he's dead, but no. They're better put him out in the trash, but instead they give him to Patty and Selma. Again, Pierce's delivery of, no, not in there. <laughs> <laughs> and because she puts the self-destruct uh, button down her shirt, so then he just tries to kill himself by smashing himself with like a, an Egyptian mm. prism of now, some kind or something. Yeah. Now, you're more of a Simpsons aficionado than I am. Mm. Are you able to tell Patty and Selma apart at first glance or at first listen? Yes, because Patty has the round hair and Selma has the like the M-shaped bouncy hair. Oh, okay. Because I initially wrote down that um, Selma was telling the story and then did a little bit of research. It's like, no, no, Selma's got it down her... Selma's got the uh, the unit down her blouse. So it's like, yeah. oh, okay, so it's Patty Tillis. Okay, I'll keep my eyes open for that in the in the future. Yeah, so I, I can't tell from the voice. I think the voice is very similar, but the hair. You see, so, so Patty has the big yeah. round hair, and yeah. Although and some, appara- apparently Patty's voice is a little sort of 
growlier, a little, a yeah, little more. Yeah, mm. yeah but I, I, I'm just not astute enough to be able to tell the difference. Oh, yeah. That's, it's six of one, half a dozen the other, really. Final segment now is called Whiz Kids. Now, had the Harry Potter music been released before the film came out? Because I thought the music was very Harry Potter-esque, but the fact that I it would- came out before the movie, I was just like, oh, well. Well, let's, I mean, they probably had like a sneak preview trailer or something like that. And, you know, it probably closed over. Mm. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Bart and Lisa are having breakfast. And this whole scene is pretty much just to establish that Lisa is a Hermione of the situation. Just mm. the, not the, would you call would you call Hermione a smart ass? She's just very, very, oh, a, very no, proud of her abilities. A, a girly swat is the uh, politically incorrect term we used to use. In, in layman's terms, what does that mean? It just means someone who hits the books and is very sort of studious and uh, and not necessarily a show-off about it, but um, they will take any opportunity to let you know how much they know. And also, girly swat was a bit of a unisex term as well. Boys could be girly swats. Oh, okay. There you go. Now, you learn something new every day. <laughs> you can instantly forget that one because that, you know, you might as well be wearing an onion on your belt if you go around calling people a girly swat. <laughs> Lisa, she, yeah, she's made the milk appear. She adds five minutes uh, to the clock. I feel like that would fuck up the universe, just adding five minutes time to the world. <laughs> Mar- Marge admits this, I think. I think she's like, yeah, you don't want to be you know, <laughs> turning back time too often. Yeah, it's, it's not good for the clock. <laughs> it's not good for the clock and it's not good for the world. <laughs> yes. We're now at Springwart School of Magic Tree. Uh, we get classic Nelson, stop zapping yourself. Millhouse as Mr. T was fantastic, that design. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, Harry Potter is then chewing brimstone. And, and it's, I'm surprised we don't see Harry Potter again, but I think, as I said at the start, I think that it's included him just for the kids out there who may not have read Harry Potter, know what they're doing here. It's like, okay, so that's Harry Potter. This must be a Harry Potter thing. It's not just yeah, wizards. I think so, yeah. Uh, the kids all turn their toads into princes. And Millhouse is just some like Irish drunk. I think he's Irish. Yes, the drunk of some oh, kind. Oh, he's he's just a um, a, a basically a footy hooligan. Oh, yeah, a well, yeah, a well dressed, well to do footy hooligan. But yeah, still still someone who goes the biff on a Saturday. Lisa's uh, prince is perfect, and Mrs K is going to grade him, uh, grade him over breakfast the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> nice and one, then, Mrs K. And I think Bart's prince being turned to the frog is one of the more memorable moments from this. But the, the moment where he's like, every moment I live is agony is something that's always stuck with me. Where yeah. I still say it now where I could have the slightest pain and I'll go, every moment I live is agony. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that stuck with me, but it just did. (laughs) It may say something about your life, Dando. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, is jealous of Lisa's abilities. Um, Then the princes all fight and we get the moment I just discussed. Stand away from my lady. Get in there. Defend my honor. Every moment I live is agony. I feel like the head Zeppelin moment looks really painful for Bart. I don't disagree with you. <laughs> Does your head expanding into a Zeppelin? No, thank you. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Lord Montimort is watching uh, along with Slither- Slithers. Uh, he's trying to get some essence out of kids. So basically, he's like, yeah, he steals the essence from kids. He's like the uh, the Skeksis from Dark Crystal, stealing the essence from the podlings. Ooh, been a long time since I've seen the Dark Crystal. Fuck, man, seriously, it is so creepy. So there's a scene 
where the Skeksis drain the essence out of this little podling. And you see it. And you see his life just like, like the essence of his life, like his soul, just disappear from him. Ooh. But in the form of a Muppet. And it is haunting. Like, oh. absolutely haunting. So, if you want to be creeped out, watch The Dark Crystal. That film, I can't believe was actually ever made with kids in mind because well, thing, I, I love that kids movies in the 80s weren't fucking around man i mean they were um they had to scare kids yeah 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 i mean they had stakes i mean uh yeah dark crystal never-ending story traumatized its its few kids return to oz really messed up some kids mm. so yeah yeah it's good stuff <laughs> well, see, well, see, see I, I was i was raised on those films and i turned out okay of course you did dano you're perfect in, in every way <laughs> But uh, actually, a guy I work with uh, named Luke, who I don't think you've met, I think he started after you left, but he showed me this film. It was like The Something of Nim. It's about mice. The Secret of Nim, yeah. Fuck, man. That film is terrifying for kids. Some of the scenes he showed me. But the art, the way it was drawn, is beautiful. Yeah, a guy named Don Bluth is, the uh, I think, the guy behind that. He was a... (laughs) I was about to call him a big wheel at the Cracker Factory. He, was, he definitely was a big wheel at the Animation Factory in the 80s, uh, 70s and 80s. Yeah, I mean, there's a... I don't know if he had anything to do with the Land Before Time movies, but uh, there's a lot of stuff with Don Bluth's name on it. I think he had something to do with that Dragon's Lair video game as well. Do you know that one? I do know that one, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think he's responsible for the animation in that. Very distinctive okay. style, yeah. Mm, yeah, there's, there's just there's like this giant owl or something, and it was just eating things and squashing creatures, and I was just like, whoa. Yeah, they're par- apparently based on some children's books, The Secret of Nim. Um, I've, okay. I don't think... If I've, if I've seen it, uh, it was a very, very long time ago and I haven't revisited it, but I do, uh, I do remember a little bit about it. Uh, so then he sucks Bart into his lair because he knows that uh, Bart's going to be his way, his key to getting Lisa, getting her, getting the wand away from her. Threatens him with the Wailing Wall. Now, is the, the, the Wailing Wall, is that something in Harry Potter? No, no, the Wailing Wall is um, in Israel. I believe it's in okay. Jerusalem. I just wasn't and sure it, whether it was a part of Harry Potter as well, whether, they, whether it was incorporated into Harry Potter. No, no, I mean, it sounds like, it sounds like you know, the, the missing eighth book or ninth book or whatever, Harry Potter and the Wailing Wall, but no, mm. not the case. There is a moaning, there is a moaning myrtle. Yes, I know the moaning, moaning myrtle. Yes, the ghost girl. I'm well aware of her. I had to sell the pot vinyl of her. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I had a weird crush on moaning myrtle. I thought that is that is weird because she's a child. <laughs> True, but the actress who plays her in the movies is apparently like thirty six or something. No shit, really. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! Well, there you go. So there we go. So so who's the pervert now, Dan? <laughs> how um how funny was that? I'm so sick of that joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they tempt Bart. With our humili- humiliating Lisa, with unspeakable evil, so don't worry, you've already made your sale. I'm, I'm, I'm up. I'm, 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 sign me up. So we're now yeah. at the spells of Poppin Magic Festival. Millhouse is doing his invisibility cloak. A bit of a, a bit of Millhouse bum here. <laughs> no, well shaped buttocks. I've got to say, <laughs> runs off. How great was the delivery here from Harry with Skinner? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sprays some amnesia dust out into the crowd so they forget. Uh, says that Lisa made the refreshments out of dead people, realizes it's a bad idea, so he puts some more <laughs> dust out there. Then it's time for the levitating dragon trick. But unfortunately, uh, Bart has swapped out Lisa's wand with a Twizzler. Twizzler. And she's a bit. Yes, yeah, she's in big trouble here. So Homer's watching the football at the same time. 
How great was the fact that his eye, the, the one eye, <laughs> just went down to the football? The single eye drooped. <laughs> so Monty Mort arrives. You know, he's, he is the dragon. <laughs> Everyone bails. Hey, I stay for your kids. <laughs> <laughs> then he starts draining Lisa's essence, but realizes he's made a terrible mistake. So he tries to help destroy the evil one, but then it destroys him. And then he, the last sort of stab in the dark, he stabs him in what we realize is his enchanted shin. I thought it was just a really lazy way of getting out of it, but still it works for this, you know. How did you know it was the source of my power? (laughs) (laughs) And then we get Slithers eating Monty Mort, which is just fucking gross. (laughs) Uh, It's gross and a bit racy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Deep-throating Monty Mort. (laughs) uh, I'm glad you said it so I didn't have to. (laughs) Uh, then they walk off Bart and Lisa happily ever after but the leprechaun is on Bart's back um, that is what you think is the end of the episode but not quite we get a little thing over the credits here of the three stars of the episode we've got the the leprechaun uh, Bart's Prince Frog and Pierce Brosnan and just a little bit of fun here isn't it just the the frog and the leprechaun hijacking Pierce's car yeah indeed driving off into the sunset at uh, rapidly and recklessly wow <laughs> We really get to keep these fruit baskets? Well, they used to give us champagne till somebody ruined it. Do they really think he'll do better with fruit? Oh, Mr. Movie Star gets to park right next to the stage. Oh, luck of the draw, I guess. (laughs) Can I give you a ride to your car? Sure, that'd be great. So, where are you parked? Oh, we don't have a car. But I thought you... Just keep driving, boyo. <laughs> Can I turn on the radio? <laughs> so all in all, I thought this was a very, very enjoyable Treehouse of Horror. I think I enjoyed this more than the last one. I think there was there was a segment in the last Treehouse of Horror that I enjoyed, I think, more... Actually, no, not to tell a lie. The Ultra House 3000, like that one, the House of Wax is my favourite Treehouse of Horror in a few seasons now. I think this was... All in all, it had the, the, the vibe of an old school Treehouse of Horror. Not quite mm. up to their standards, but there was plenty of laughs. You know, there was good pop culture references. Um, it was a good science fiction story. Just, yeah, just a bit of everything. I, I thought it was a yeah. lot of fun. I think if we're ranking them, I would have to say House of Wax number one, uh, Hex in the City number two, uh, WizKids numero three. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Um, it's it's a, a valuable lesson for uh, all and sundry. Don't sass mouth a gypsy fortune teller. Yeah, that is true. Like, do we have them in Geelong? A gypsy fortune teller of any kind? Yeah, I know. Um, occasionally, I, I drive past the Sphinx here, and they're like, you know, gy- uh, fortune teller shows this Friday night or something. But do we have like a resident fortune teller? I think a lot of them would probably have been. They'd probably be closer to the coast. I think they like the elemental power of being by the sea. I just don't think I could ever buy into it. I'm not saying they're wrong. I just don't think it. I, I just, I'd be constantly just trying to work out what they're doing, like they're grifting me in some way, you know? Well, I mean, there's that whole thing about, you know, they're just a very adept at reading people and doing the whole cold reading deal. But uh, look, I, I have friends, I, I had a, a very good friend in particular who, you know, one of the most rational, straightforward people you'd ever want to meet, and she put, placed a great deal of stock in... Um, fortune tellers and clairvoyance and that kind of stuff mainly yeah. because I, I reckon they probably they operate just as much as like a, a shrink or a counsellor or a therapist as they do someone who can tell your fortune it's someone who you know is attuned to 
you know, what you're feeling, what you're putting out there and, um, and sort of reading that and delivering it back to you, I think, at least. Well, I learned from the episode that Pierce Brosnan, you can give him the seediest line in the world and he just doesn't sound seedy. He can make everything sound charming. He's he literally asking indeed. a woman to remove her knickers and go wait in the bath and he made it sound charming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could make that sound charming. I don't think so. I don't think so. I've tried it with Nicola and it didn't get the same result. <laughs> <laughs> From this day forward, your names will be... New names for Treehouse of Horror 12. So we've started a new season now. Dear friend D.L. Gorman won it last season. I think, Mr. Davis, before we get into the new guy, Davis, new, uh, new name championship for season 13, we shall do the wildcard draw of the uh, new names for season... What was last season? Season 12. Shall we do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's. Let's do it. Alrighty. So, all the names I've put into like this randomizer. I'm going to click this button. And it's going to tell me who is the winner of the wildcard. $50 prize. So, basically, to get a, into the wildcard, you're just going to get your name on the leaderboard. It can just be one point and you can go into the draw. Alrighty. So, all the names are in there. I'm just clicking now. Click. Hey, it's Wine Mixer, Nicole Catalina. She has won the $50. Wine Mixer. Nice yeah, one. Well done, Nicole. You have won yourself $50 of our cold, hard cash. I'll send it through to you this week at some point. Thank you so much. Alrighty, so now moving along to the Season 13 Guy Davis New Name Championship. What have they got for us this week? Okay, a couple of honourable mentions before uh, yeah, the gold, silver and bronze. Um, the aforementioned and champion D.L. Gorman gave us one, uh, in fact, the one where Chandler's a house for a moment, uh, was his alternative title. <laughs> and uh, our buddy Jet Girdham uh, gave us Everything's Coming Up Ultra House, which I liked. Very good. Well done. Yes. Indeed. But I, uh, I'm one- not going to lie, though. I never got the whole Everything's Coming Up Millhouse. I, I never that- got the love for it. Like, I, I mean... I kind of get it, but I just sort of feel it's a little bit overrated. Like, everything's coming up, Millhouse. I'm like, that's the line that's stuck? By itself, it's not necessarily a funny line, but it is very, it's useful. Oh, it, yes, it's very quotable. I'll give it that. Yeah, yeah. Anytime that, you know, anything, something something good happens to you, yeah, everything's coming up, whatever. But like, um, Hey, hey, you're a Simpsons fan too. Yeah, we can be friends now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, what did I say? One point. One point. One point to Andrew Pelicati. Ooh, Pelicati, you're on the leaderboard, sir. What has he Indeed. got? Indeed. He gave us Treehouse of, now I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly, Triskaidekaphobia. Which the is. What does that mean? It is fear of the number 13. Oh, there you and, go. Because- and Andrew did point out, he goes, yes, I know this is technically Treehouse 12, but um, it is in season 13 and he wasn't going to wait a whole other year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there you go. One so, point to Andrew. So if he repeats that joke next year, he'll either get no points or three points. <laughs> so, He's banned. <laughs> yeah, so so stick around for, yeah, stick around, listeners. You know, that'll be something worth uh, worth waiting 365 days for. Okay, or, or whenever we do that episode next. Uh, two points. Two points go to Philip Hawkins. Philip Hawkins. Uh, Phyllis Haw- Philip Hawkins gave us a bit of a, uh, an Edgar Wright slash Simon Pegg slash Nick Frost tribute with the mm-hmm. three-feature Gornetto. Uh, these, these are really good. These are imaginative titles. Leprechaun of the Dead. 
Botfuss and At One's End. I think that that's not bad. Yeah. For, for, yeah, for fans uh, of sh- uh, the, the fact that he's chucked in all three, like he, he hasn't just named one segment, he's named, named the entire lot. So it's almost worthy of three points. I'm, one, I'm very excited to hear what the three points is going to be if it's better than that. It was a tough one. I mean, it's very, very close. But uh, I'm going to give the three points this time around to Talia Enriquez. Ooh, Talia. Okay. What yeah. has Talia got for us? Now, Talia didn't. Uh, well, Talia gave new, uh, new names to each of the chapters within the episode and I thought they were really good I like them a lot so uh, here we go with Misfortune Cellar uh, Floors of Robotics and mm-hmm. Smells Like Preteen Spirit very good well done Talia I think I thought it was a very creative effort and I was very proud of Talia and very happy to give her three points so that right. is the uh, they're the new names on the leaderboard as we enter season 13 Yes, Andrew Palacati on one, Philip Hawkins on two, and Talia Enriquez, you're winning. Quit while you're ahead, Talia, uh, on three <laughs> points. Don't forget, if you want to contribute to the Guy Davis New Name Championship, you just got to be a $1 plus patron. Yes, just $1 per month to get access into the Four Figure Discount Facebook group and join the fun. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh. Yes, the mail is here, Mr. Davis. Oh. Right, so the first question here comes from Keith Nedham, says... Who would you love to have voice your home? Pretty sure Dan knows would be Drew Barrymore. That's a big thumbs up for me, sir. It's the closest I'll ever get to Drew Barrymore, so I'd certainly take it. <laughs> um, I think someone voicing your home has got to be someone who you enjoy listening to but isn't too distracting. Like, I feel like if it's Morgan Freeman, for example, you'll just constantly want your house to keep talking because you'll just be so captivated. True. You'd be sort of asking it to give you a lullaby or to, you know... Morgan, can you wake me up in the morning? But, you know, just with a nice sort of, a, a nice relaxing kind of, you know, well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> one, one person I would certainly not want to is that fucking Gilbert Gottfried, whatever his name is. Why not? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Clean the get, toilet. <laughs> get, get out of bed. Yeah, but I mean. Um, you look great. Stop looking in the mirror, you vain bastard. Um. Honestly, I mean, I know this sounds like cheating, but I think I think I'd be very happy with a house voiced by Pierce. You can't use Pierce though. Pierce is the is the, what, the only okay. option you can't choose. Okay, fine. Then um, I will use my wizardly powers to bring Alan Rickman back from the dead and uh, get him to voice my home. Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber. Oh yes, that'd be nice. What about Arnie, Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> that'd be too. It'd be too distracting, wouldn't it? It'd be almost be comical. You'd be just constantly getting your house to say things just to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be telling it to, you know, get to the chopper, except the chopper would be like the whippersnipper. Run! Get to the whippersnipper! Oh, no, you know who, what? Tom Hanks. I feel like you're constantly surrounded by family with Tom Hanks. It'd be very encouraging as well. Very comforting. It'd be very homely if Tom Hanks was your house. (laughs) Absolutely, it would. There's a quote. It would be very homely if Tom Hanks was your house. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, so next question here comes from... D.L. Gorman, they say, what would be the worst curse a gypsy could put on you? The fact that you could no longer smell onions and garlic cooking. Wouldn't that be terrible? That'd be horrifying. I found out the guy that I work with literally found out on Friday last week that he, after being hit from behind, you know Grant, right, from work, Grant? Oh, yeah, Grant. Yeah, Grant. He was assaulted when he was younger and he now no longer has a sense of smell or taste. Oh, my God. He's gone through. He's gone through like essentially his entire life with no smell or taste. I feel terrible for Grant. Yeah. Oh, my mum's got no sense of smell. 
Really? But so, so she only lose that recently or is that always? No, right. no. For, for yeah, um, I think since she was a little girl or maybe since she was a teenager. I, I remember hearing a story and I don't know about the accuracy of this. There's a documentary about him, so I probably should watch it, but I think it goes into greater detail. But apparently Michael Hutchins, he suffered a bike accident or an assault sometime in the 90s. Uh, cracked his Lead skull. singer of In Excess, by the way, listeners. Yeah, the lead, yeah, the the late lead singer of uh, of In Excess, um, lost his sense of smell and taste, and apparently that really did a number on his head and may have led to uh, suicidal thoughts later in his life. That kind of thing. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure about that, so maybe take that story with a grain of salt. But yeah, I think you know uh, losing, you know, everyone, you know, like oh, which sense, which scent would you lose if you could lose one it's like oh, I'd probably lose smell or taste or whatever as opposed to the big two like hearing and sight um, I, I would get to totally suck to lose your sense of taste or your uh, sense of taste or sense of smell that'd really blow and our final question comes from Mr. Mark Boston Burgess who says how good would you be as a wizard it's a very good question Mr. Boston Bun I think I'd be actually pretty good as a wizard I think the worst thing that I would do is I would probably be kind of I'd be outsourcing my household chores like gardening and shit like that, which I don't really enjoy doing. I didn't. I would, um, you know, use a little magic to sort of make that a bit easier. But I also think I'd use my uh, my gifts to make the lives of my loved ones a little bit easier. I mean, not in huge ways. I wouldn't be, you know, throwing around you know billion dollar checks and all that kind of business. But um, I would use my my wizardly skills to you know just make life a little smoother, a little easier. I feel like I would succumb to the anxiety of fucking up, though. I feel like I'd be too scared to try a spell on the fear that I'd do something drastic. <laughs> You'd have to have a bit of... Um, Self-belief? <laughs> no, a bit of, um, you know, a, tr- a training process or a, uh, a like a, a safe space where you could... Uh, and, and, and test subjects where you could sort of... Um, People you don't mind if you ruin their lives. <laughs> true, yes. Test pilots. <laughs> Guinea pigs. Well, thank you guys for sending in your questions for Trios of Horror 12. Hope you enjoyed our review. Next week, we're going to be reviewing episode two of season 13. It is the parent wrap. So stick around for that one. It should be a good time had by all. And last week, what did we do, Mr. Davis? We put our special Patreon exclusive review of Bart versus Australia up on Australia Day, which we're getting a lot of praise for. It was a really fun time for the Bart versus Australia review. We really went into good detail with it. It's a very fun episode. And uh, so basically, going forward, four-figure discount here, what you're going to get is, you're going to get once per month, you're going to get a classic a review, going back to season one and working our way through. But if you're a patron, you also get access to a monthly classic review in that uh, this month for February, because it's Valentine's month, we're going to be doing I Love Lisa, where Ralph gets his heart ripped in half by Lisa. <laughs> so yeah, so patrons get access to Bart vs. Australia. If you're a, a patron, no matter what value you sign up for, you get access to Bart vs. Australia and also... This month, we're going to be doing, as I said, I Love Lisa. But stick around because on the free feed, we're still going to be doing the classic reviews, but you're going to have to wait for us to catch up to those classic episodes if you don't Indeed. want to be a four-figure discount patron, which is perfectly fine as well. So you will get those reviews. You just got to wait. But if you are not a patron, perhaps you should choo-choo-choose to be. There you go. See, that's why I have you on board, Mr. Davis. You're such a salesman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's right. So yes, like I said, all the we're going to p- pick out the best, uh, the best episodes and chuck them up on Patreon once per month and if you want to be a patron you can get access to those or you can just stick around and eventually we'll catch up to those and you can hear them on the free feed as well but for now next week the parent wrap 
Hope you enjoyed the Trees of Fire 12 review. I am Dando, Mr. Davis. Any final words for our incredible listeners? Skill, <laughs>